We're going to the home of Jim Crockett Promotions, Flair Country, if you will. And it's happening on November 11th. You and I are going to be at the Comedy Zone right there in Charlotte, my home away from home. And I know it was yours for a long, long time. How excited are you to be doing a little wrestling business back in Charlotte again after all these years? Well, you know, Charlotte was our home. It's where all the Shivani kids were born. And Charlotte has changed immensely since I left Charlotte. I left Charlotte in 89 when I went to work for the WWE. But now we're coming back on November the 11th. Well, doors are open at 2.30, 3 o'clock. We are going to be at the Comedy Zone. The Comedy Zone is a a place where, you know, a lot of professional wrestlers, I know Mick Foley was there recently, and a lot of guys, they have them there. So we're going to bring our brand of professional wrestling and humor to the Comedy Zone. And I look forward to seeing a lot of my friends. Maybe some of the friends that I've lost touch with come on out. Or maybe you're not my friend yet, but once you get one of these shows, you're going to walk away from the show saying, you know what? Now I'm a friend of Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. TomZink.com. That's T-O-M-Z-E-N-K.com. It's where you get your tickets to come. Conrad, I'm really looking forward to, to being able to, to do a live show with you again because we've had a lot of a great time together doing this podcast. A tremendous time. We've got lots of fun stuff going on. It's a who's who of professional wrestling. There are wrestlers who live in Charlotte, and I'm working on getting us a very special guest right now, but we hope you will be our special guest. You can grab these tickets for just 35 bucks right now. You never know what's going to happen, but let me tell you, you want to be there for the very first stop on the what happened when world tour Tickets on sale now, just 35 bucks at TomZinc.com. That's November 11th, 3 o'clock. See you there. Thompson, and you're listening to what happened when this is where you talk, Tony. Oh, <laughs> I thought you, I thought I thought you were going to say on the MLW Radio Network. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if we're still saying that or not. Okay, are we saying that? No, you just say, Tony, how are you? Okay, Tony, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you, Conrad? Oh man, I'm great. And I appreciate you joining me on this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week it is. Do you see why I'm confused now? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I know why you're confused. Well, you're confused because I'm confused. You're, you're confused, confused because you think I'm supposed to do all the goddamn work, but you still get your name in the show. You get top billing. You just want me to do all the work. I feel like you're pulling a Shivani. I'm over here being Bobby Heenan, being the entertaining one of the duo, doing all the goddamn work. And you're just concerned about are the checks on time? Is my chair higher? So what's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> so yeah. What's different than when I first started doing wrestling? R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. i tell you what, man, this is going to be an interesting show. September 25th, 2000 is what we're going to go back in time. And our way back machine and visit is Nitro number 262. If you haven't already, fire it up on your WWE network because, boy, we've got something to talk about today. Vince Russo is going to become our world champion. This is going to be an interesting show, to say the least. Is that fair to say, Tony? Yeah, and of course, in the Vince Russo uh, era, there was a lot of uh, sex. What? A lot of sex. So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a bikini contest as well, which is a feast for the eyeballs. But if you think about it, in a wrestling show, did it really have any place at all? You know, I'm really glad that you brought up sex because somebody uh, earlier this week, or maybe it was two weeks ago at this point. I don't know. Very recently. Cause I get tagged in it like to this day, someone went back and revisited the episodes of TNA total nonstop action where mm. you popped up two mm. things. I want to mention here. Okay. One, I believe you joined Vince Russo's faction on the show and storyline, which was called SEX. Do you remember joining Vince Russo for some sex in Nashville? I remember joining Vince Russo. Is that that's what the faction was called? SEX. It was, and as if that wasn't enough, you showed up wearing the most god awful button up shirt ever. It's a short yeah. sleeve button up, maybe the worst shirt in the history of Tony Schiavone's wardrobe. And if you've been watching What Happened When, you know what a bold statement that is. However, someone put two and two together and said, "Oh my God, he wore that on Patreon." Do you still have your sex shirt from the time you hooked up with Vince Russo in Nashville and now you wear it for money? Yes, I still have it because <clears throat> I can fit into it now. <laughs> so This is wonderful news. What do we have to do? Because now that I know you held on to that shitty shirt, the time you hooked up with Vince Russo for sex in Nashville, why don't you wear, can we get you to like dust off a double-breasted blazer. I feel like I need like your chaps, Ralph Lauren sweatshirt that you just thought you decided it was okay to wear on nitro. Can we get that going on Patreon? This is called what happened when this is not called. Why is Tony a shitty dresser? No, it really is. I mean, that's, that's sort of the subtitle of the whole show. We even have a shirt that says my wife picked this out. It's yes, available now did. over at Tony uh, yeah, same thing. Lowestrules.com is where you can get your t-shirts, all your great t-shirts, but won't get your shitty SEX shirts or double-breasted coats. How the fuck did we let this happen? How does somebody else get to cyber squat? Tony 
I, just, I don't know. I just it, pulled this up. Uh huh. And he says, I know how hard it is to make a name for yourself in the film industry. And it is sometimes easier to rely on who, you know, rather than what, you know, but I would rather instead prefer to let my work speak for itself. I know that if given the chance, you would see how passionate I am about what I do and how serious I am about the quality of work I produce. So Tony Schiavone fancies himself an editor, a colorist and a producer. And he's sitting on your domain. And I just think by default, you need to just Debo this thing from him. How do you do that? Well, you got to buy it from him, right? I think we can just launch our listeners. Okay. He's from Chicago. So he's probably got weapons. (laughs) Probably. So I'm not, you know what? If he's trying to make money off my name or it, it may be, I don't think it's his name. I'm sure it's not his name. No, it is. He offers high-end wedding films at affordable rates over at ShivaniCuts.com. That's oh, okay. my thing. Like, if you've got ShivaniCuts.com, do you really need TonyShivani.com? You ain't doing mm-hmm. nothing with it. You only got right. 112 Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. I think we need to just rally the troops here. Okay. And let's get you TonyShivani.com. All right. How do we do that again? I think we just told the listeners what to do. Okay. There you go. Well, thank you for being with us here on WCW's WHW Monday. What's the name of our show again? I don't know. Okay. As we're taping this, it is real early, but I am Mm -hmm. fired up about this one because this has been the topic of conversation. We've covered this in an off the rails version of our show over on Patreon. We've also covered this on 83 weeks and now unbelievably Vince Russo has done a podcast with Matt Coon. That's right that Matt Coon and, uh, they covered this episode. So I don't know why, but everybody is talking about Vince Russo winning the world title right now. Actually, I do know why, because I thought of it and then everyone decided to do it. And Tony, before we get going here on this silliness, that is Vince Russo becoming the world champion. I feel like we should talk about something. You know what? Let me take a page out of one of your favorite wrestlers books. If I can be serious for a moment, I'd like to talk about savecade.com, which actually isn't all that serious at all. Tony over at savecade.com. That's S A V E C A D E like Starcade, except with save in front. You can go ahead and buy a house with no money down. That's right. Get out of that old cramped apartment and get into a brand new house and do it for your family with my family. First family mortgage. We make it fast and easy over at savecade.com. Isn't that right, Tony? A lot of things, a lot of benefits by going to savecade.com, Conrad. Reduce your monthly payments. You can skip your next two house payments. Get a greater tax deduction. You can consolidate your debt. It's all part of savecade.com, and this is the place to go. And if nothing else, you go to savecade.com, you get to see Tony Schiavone in full fat mode. Yeah, I guess we should mention that Tony Schiavone is singing opera right now over at SaveK.com. He'll do whatever it takes to save you some money. Check it out right now. SaveK.com, whether you're a renter and looking to get out of that apartment into a new house, or maybe you'd like to get out of some debts, credit card debts, some car loans, a second mortgage, or maybe worst of all, if you're in a 30-year loan, what are you doing? Get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments and make it happen right now at SaveK.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender.
if you think of the moments that may have led to the downfall of WCW. I don't know if it's it's true or not. I, I don't. You can't point to one moment. I don't think you can point to a bunch of moments because I think we, I know what the real reason was. I do too. It's the time you ordered cheesecake with Lash LaRue. Well, that was one of the, the moments leading up to it. Uh, but, uh, everybody says, well, Vince Russo winning the WCW world title, uh, David Arquette winning the world title, Tony Schiavone butts in the seats. Those are all, uh, baloney. It was going to go down anyway. It was just a matter of time. It went down because it was owned by Turner Broadcasting. I can't really uh, emphasize that enough because I know I'm right. It's what Eric Bischoff says. It's what everybody who ever worked in the business knew. So there. So I'm not going to blame this show for us going down. Although, overall, if you take a look at it, it really wasn't that good of a show. Fired up. Nitro number 262. September 25th, 2000. We're excited to be talking about this one with you because... uh, well, sometimes the bad shows make the best podcast. Let's call in our, uh, our tag team partner here. What kind of a countdown do you want? The regular kind of countdown. But do you want excitement? Oh, you want a British girl to say literally three, two, one, press play, press play, Henry Higgins, press play. Oh, there it is. Your favorite version of the WCW logo. The exploding vagina. Good God. I never saw it that way, but I mean, I'll take your word for it. So how about this? We get an interesting open here with Vince Russo in a bit of a vignette cutting promo after promo after promo and, uh, highlight clips of him in the ring in ring action from Vince Russo. That's exactly what everybody tuning in wants to see. Oh, a bat to the face, to old ham cubes. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and of course we really played up the fact that Vince was from New York, as you can see some of the city sites of New York, and we are in New York. As a matter of fact, Uniondale, New York at the Nassau Coliseum, which became a very good place for us. It was a very good place for Jim Crockett promotions back in the day as well. Do you know that? No, I didn't think it was. I thought that you guys tried to come into uh, Vince's territory and the pay-per-view flopped. And then Tully Blanchard jumped in a limo and said, Hey, you know what? Maybe Dusty should get Dusty to put over Dusty. Yeah. Well, you remember those bad days, don't you? Okay. Limousine here. Speaking of limousines, has arrived here at the Nassau Coliseum, and there are the union members of the WCW security team. How about about Powder jumping out of the uh, limo here? I mean, Jeremy Borash. And I'll be honest, I didn't remember until we watched this that Jeremy Borash was all over TV here. I always sort of thought he was a behind the scenes guy. I knew he did the internet radio show for WCW, but I I didn't remember him being such a big part of television, but he's, he's essentially positioning himself here as Vince Russo's lackey. I don't know if it's a position or not, or maybe it really was in real life. Really? You Uh, think he was the lackey? Oh yeah, of course he was. He was one of Vince's stooges Hmm. and I'm sure right now he's one of triple H's stooges. Well, that's hurtful. I, I think he's a hardworking man. I'm a fan of his. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on him like you. Yeah. Look, Jeremy Borash is one of the hardest working guys in, in wrestling. I don't think there's any, any doubt about it, but there's a lot of stooges out there who are hardworking. Would you classify yourself as a stooge back in the day? No, Arn Anderson always called me a stooge, but I'm not a stooge. Okay. So when there was a fight, uh, at center stage with Vader and Paul Orndorff, did you make a call and let anybody know about it? No. 
when there was some situation going down with Steve Austin and Eric Bischoff, did you make the call and then immediately turn around and tattle to Eric Bischoff? I was told to do that. Okay. So don't stooges do that? No. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. So it's different when, when Borash does it, he's a stooge. When Shivani does it, not a stooge. I've got it. I'm learning. I'm a little slow on the uptake. That's my bad. Now we're going to start out with a little Italian flair here. Here comes big Vito. Yes, sir, buddy. Big Vito coming out with, uh, I don't know if you can call that a kendo stick or, or what you can call it, but we're right out of the, uh, we're right out of the, the neighborhood in Brooklyn, baby. We're going to start the show off with some, Hey, we had a pretty good uh, crowd there. Didn't we? At the Nassau Coliseum. I want to mention here that, um, they're setting up a storyline here to where that is big Vito's sister. And they're uh-huh. saying she just had major brain surgery just a few weeks ago, but she kicked out and now she's here. And she's looking as if I can use this term all the way live. That is a beautiful young Italian lady right there. Wow. All right. She didn't have wow. brain surgery, by the way, it was Vince Russo, but I knew if I said Vince Russo had brain surgery, everybody was going to get fired up, but in storyline. Okay. So Johnny, the bull. Uh, and a big veto at one time, they were the mama Luke's and now here, they're going up against each other. One-on-one. Wow. Whoa, here we go. And we are kickstarting it. I always love to read the signs when we first start uh, things, Joe, nice face, uh, P Goldschmidt. Gosh, he plays for the Arizona diamondbacks. Now, maybe that was him as a kid. And, uh, so here we go. Getting this thing started with uh, Billy Silverman, the referee. We start out with a an attempt at a clothesline or lariat. And, and I guess uh, these uh, sticks or these kendo sticks or whatever they're called are allowed in this opening match. What did you think of the Mamelukes as a tag team? What did you think of these two kids? I loved Tony Mamaluke, uh, who's not out there. He is the skinny as a rail kid who was willing to take any sort of bump. He was like the Italian version of Spike Dudley almost. Right. I was not a fan of big Vito because big Vito, uh, I was a kid who was an asshole. Is that surprising to you that I was an <laughs> asshole kid? Don't say something like that when I'm drinking my coffee. Okay. <laughs> well, I was an, I was an asshole kid and I can, I can never imagine you being an asshole. I went to an ECW house show and, uh, managed to snag front row seats and I made a sign to try to get myself over. Cause I was an asshole kid. And the sign just said jobber. And the minute they, they decided to shuffle big veto out in the opening match, mm-hmm. that's not what I had been looking forward to at this point. Big veto had not even been on ECW TV. And I, I just could not believe that after all this time, looking forward to an ECW show, I'm getting big fucking veto. So I held up a sign that said jobber. Yeah. He didn't like that. Did he take it and tear it and slap me with it? (laughs) Here's a, here's a question. Uh, did you ever show up at an ECW TV taping that may be on the network that we can find you in the crowd? You know, I don't know. I don't think I, I mean, I was at some pay-per-views and I was at some big shows, but I don't think it was ever a TV show. I was at ECW one night stand, which, which I've got to make you watch one day. Yeah. Were you front row ringside or were you close? Yeah, I was in the front. Yeah. Well, we got to do that then. You want to find me in the crowd? 
Yeah, of course we are. Well, I'm, I don't know yep. that it'll be as fun as making fun of what you're wearing, but I'm down. Well, I'm down for that, man. We find hell. We find me all the time. Don't we? In these shows. That's true. It's not hard to pick me out. So let's find, we'll do a, we'll do a where's Waldo version of what happened when, and we'll try to find Conrad should be a lot easier than Waldo because Waldo's skinny. Yes, sir. And he sure is. So here we're opening up this show and, uh, I don't know if the fans are really into this or not. I mean, it's well, like, I mean, here's the thing. Where do you go from here? I don't know shit about wrestling. I, I'll admit I'm just a fan, but when the opening match is a weapons match, right? Like that's not the way. And I know that this is maybe not the rule of thumb. Everybody would use, but I just say, would dusty Rhodes ever book that shit? Nope. No, no, no. It, it, it's one of those. You know, we talk so much about in sports, unwritten rules, right? And there's a lot of people that, that talk about, well, the unwritten rules are bullshit, but one of the unwritten rules uh, of wrestling is that you build up to the main event. You build up to the violence, you build up to the carnage. You, I, I remember we were years ago. Here's a story from years ago in the Crockett territory, uh, black Bart and Sam Houston had a little bit of a feud, uh, but it really wasn't that much. And we went to Fayetteville. We had a house show in Fayetteville and I was there for some reason. I think maybe I was just hanging out with Arn Anderson and black Bart and Sam Houston wrestled in the opening match. And they both did juice and they both went into the crowd, double juice. And, uh, Arn Anderson said, man, that's the wrong thing to do. The opening match, first right. match card. Uh, and I remember how upset he was now, uh, chat me up here. Who, who is this? Uh, that's Reno, Reno, Reno. He's one of the members of, um, the thrillers. That's right. The natural right. born thrillers. There's this, this young crew of studs sort of taking over WCW that Vince Russo is a big fan of, and he right. would try to recreate this sort of faction when he would join TNA and he would call that group SEX. And of course, Tony Schiavone heard that there was sex in Nashville, jumped in the car. And he got paid for sex in Nashville. Yes. This is long before you were moonlighting over at cowboysforangels.com too. Oh, stop that stuff. Now look at this girl. Whoa. <laughs> she tried to slide in the ring, kind of, uh, hit it kind of hard, like a lawn dart there. Uh, but she's in uh, protecting your brother, telling Reno, get away. You've been named after a, a town in Nevada. Get away from us. Boy, even when she's distraught, she looks pretty good. Boy, you're, you're excited this morning. Did you? Never mind. No, I, she's, she's a beautiful girl. Nah, What's wrong with you? You know, nah, she got dark I, hair. I, look, I've gone on this tirade before, but you can say that women are beautiful. Damn it. You should be able to say that. Look at this one with a giant's Jersey and one with the Yankees Jersey and one can't shut his mouth. Jeremy Borash talking about WCW wrestling live.com. Join me and Bob Ryder later. As we try to tell you that everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Now here's a fun shot. Look at yeah. that. Good looking some bitch right there in the middle. Yeah, I know. And there's Scott Hudson to my left. Scott, a great kid to work with. Love the business. Uh, and, uh, and then of course, uh, Mark Madden, who takes a lot of heat from a lot of, I still, and, and Mark's a, a, a heat seeker. Uh, because of his radio show and the way he does, but, uh, Mark was a, a good guy to work with. He T really was TV's best looking big man is what he's billed at here. And 
Uh, well, Mark actually joined Eric Bischoff and I recently on a bonus episode of 83 weeks, just to talk about WCW and specifically this episode. Right. Uh, and how he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a pretty good guy. He really is. And of course he, we may have called him TV's best looking big man, but we didn't know that you were a ringside with ECW with signs. That's so true. Probably, yeah. We, yeah. We, you probably would have, Oh, what do we got here? Uh, we got an escalade my gosh. version. No. Oh my God. It's the it's Conrad's family. Yeah. It's my brother. Calm <laughs> down. All right. This is, this is fine. It's normal for you to pull up in an Escalade with a golden crowbar, wearing a hat backwards, flipping through a phone book like you're Marty McFly, and Back to the Future. Uh, there he's looking. At, he's looking up your address. He wants to go tell Megan, "What have you done? What are you doing? Get away from him." That's actually good advice. <laughs> Thankfully, she doesn't listen, so too late. <laughs> you know, you know the the sad news about all this is so, that. In the Flair family, mm-hmm. you're probably the most normal. Isn't that <laughs> fucked up? <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> love to be there at Thanksgiving. <laughs> nah, you won't come. I can't even get you to come to my wedding. There's no way you're coming to Thanksgiving. Don't start that again, slap dick. And speaking of slap, here is Slap Nuts himself uh, with the uh, the balsa wood guitar. Our own buddy, Jeff Jarrett and Medasia comes out with man, big Papa pump. I, I like this, uh, Pharaoh type Egyptian type headdress that he had. Didn't oh look cool? yeah, absolutely. It did. I mean, it, I wanted one. You've probably heard that before in an old <laughs> episode of what happened when, yeah. so, uh, Medasia coming down with a pipe and Jeff Jarrett, of course, has a guitar. So the first two times we saw wrestlers enter the ring today, one had a kendo stick, one had a different kind of stick that was wrapped up with some tape on it. Wrestlers wrestlers three and four have a guitar and a pipe. Right. I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course now in today's, uh, wrestling, you have, uh, fans can bring weapons to the ring, which is crazy as hell. And I guess this is the, uh, this is the beginning of it. I think what, if I recall now, uh, what big Vito had brought to the ring was a, uh, stick ball bat, uh, that he plays stick ball with on the streets of New York. Uh, and so now th- th- this is the uh, angle leading up to, uh, Vince Russo and the world heavyweight championship, because uh, Jeff Jarrett's in the mix and Scott Steiner's in the mix. And of course, uh, Booker T is the world heavyweight champion here at this time. And we're going to see the Goldberg's in the mix. So for all the things that we did wrong, if you strip us to the core and I wish someone had done that, if you strip us to the core, we, we still were pretty loaded with talent here at this time. You wish you would have been stripped to the core here. Like you no. wanted, you no, listen to what I, no, 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 I'm not being funny. I'm saying you really wanted someone to come in and just sort of pick the bones of WCW here in 2000. No, no. I said, if, if you just, if you forget about all the, who is this? Is this one, isn't this one of Steiner's buddies or something? That's right. Uh, he is a, uh, a football player jumbo that he used to play with. And he says, you used to be somebody I made you an all American. Uh, and you know, now he's just shitting on him for being 
a trashy New Yorker because he is an area football player. Uh, so mm. they're just trying to pop the local crowd. By the way, what do you what do you make of the way the camera is positioned here to where the ring ropes are at an angle? Like it's not head on the way we're used to. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind different shots. I, I don't mind shots that are completely out of the ordinary. They do a lot of that now with handheld shots and tilting handheld shots, the old Batman angles and things like that. I don't mind at all. I, n- I never really was was that thrilled about all the stars behind the entrance like we just saw right there. But uh, Russo had a lot of signs out in the crowd there, didn't he? So he had some supporters. Well, and it's because he's playing at the crowd. I mean, he's wearing the hometown jerseys. As soon as he comes through the curtain, he's going to get down and kiss the ground. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, is he a baby face? Is he a bad guy? I don't well, I think we were kind of blurring the lines back then, weren't we? But maybe too much even. Yeah. I know there's supposed to be shades of gray, but this is as Eric Bischoff would call it, a kaleidoscope of fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great term. <laughs> you know, the more I look at the shot now, the more it looks like that something's uh I don't think it was meant to be that way. It just looked like the the camera was set up crooked or the uh the ring is, I don't know what it is. How come when I bring that up, he's like, I like it. I like when we do different stuff. And then when you actually pay attention and wake up from your grandpa coma over there, Oh, I think this looks shitty. Mm. Yeah. I was saying that, yeah. you know, it was making me uh, wake up from my grandpa coma. Look as Medasia. My gosh. Are you, it's too early in the morning for this. Not for me. It's not. She, uh, looks, uh, really good. Okay. Okay. And that's all I got to say about that. I, I, you know, I, uh, these, again, these signs, I, I guess people are trying to promote their own stuff, but most of these signs have absolutely nothing to do with what's in the ring. Well, listen, they're all little slap dicks. Like I was trying to get themselves over. That's what it was. How come, how come you never went to a WCW pay-per-view? Oh, I, well, you guys didn't run pay-per-views here, but I did go to nitro and thunder and Huntsville quite a bit. Really? Yeah. I, I saw your shows in Birmingham. I saw your shows in Huntsville. I was there. There wasn't a nitro in Huntsville with the exception of maybe the last one that I missed. But by then shit, nobody was watching. We're going to have to go back and watch one of those as well. Cause you had to be at ringside. No, the, when WCW was around, uh, that was not the case because there was so much competition to get those tickets. ECW, you know, they didn't have a primetime television spot here in Alabama. Surprise. So it was a little easier to finagle those tickets. Okay. Got you. By the time one night stand rolled around, I was actually an adult making money and I could, you know, mm-hmm. pay the cost to be the boss. Yeah. Vince Russo for president is the sign we just saw. And Russo is just going on and on and on about WCW and going on and on and on about the boys in the back going on and on and on about himself and New York and, um, say what you want to about it. Uh, the fans really reacted to it. That seventies guys, this is an awful, awful promo, by the way. And I like Vince Russo and I know a lot of people get mad at me when I say that, but I just have a tendency to treat people how they treat me. And he's always been cool with me, but because I didn't always love all of his booking and we shit on it on the show here. Sometimes the Russo army 
gets all after me and says that I'm scared of Russo and that I unfairly mm-hmm. pick on Rip. I'm fine with Vince. Everything's fine. Yeah. But man, this show, this is just not for me. And no. there you see Goldberg, who we thought was out of WCW, but now he's coming down the aisle in the crowd, not like the main entrance, flanked by WCW security, sporting that Harley Davidson jacket, jacket that he would show up on Raw with a couple mm-hmm. of years later. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's Chronic, and here is Mike Sanders, another member of the uh, Natural Born Thrillers. Uh, was Sanders like uh, our GM or something back then? I think he became that, didn't he? He is basically the, um, he's here to deliver Vince Russo's orders or Mr. Russo's. Right. And I liked above average Mike Sanders. I felt like it was the most fun name in wrestling because everybody in wrestling wants to call themselves, you know, Mr. Wonderful or Mr. Perfect. And he's just like, nah, I'm above average. Yeah. And he played the part quite well. And I think he's delivering the chronic, the fact that there's going to be a, uh, this, uh, big match coming up for the world tag team championship winner of this match. I believe if I'm right, are going to, uh, win the world tag team championship here. Uh, what in the world are we doing? Well, you're doing a tag team battle Royal and the winner is going to become the world tag team champions. So you've got a who's who of tag teams out here and there come the big stars. Yeah. The tag team champions, Mm -hmm. the filthy animals. Now, of course they're saying that they've vacated the titles, but they're certainly bringing them to the ring Mm -hmm. and it's going to be Hoovy juice and a little horny Ray Mysterio jr. Who has since been unmasked, but now has horns on his head. Right. And Conan is around ringside. Of course, if Ray's making money, Conan can't be far behind. <laughs> and look at this. Uh, both of them come into the ring. There we see Sean O'Hare. There he's gosh, we got to alt serious business. Was Sean O'Hare trying to shove Ray Mysterio's head up his ass? Uh, it appeared that way. Now, didn't it? I mean, when you just did a cutaway there, it felt like he was trying to give him a stink face. Well, Rikishi style. Yeah, you know, you, you you tried some different things, right? Let's try something different. Here, I'll shove your head up my ass. Oh, that worked. Hey, uh, I do want to mention that uh, Shannon Moore, who we're watching right here, his mom is going through a tough time. Apparently, uh, she's been in hospice care, and, and hospice has done all they can. So we hope that Shannon's family is doing as, as good as can be expected and that some miracle happens and his mom kicks out. You hate to hear about somebody's mom not doing well. Oh man, huge bump here by the junk dragons here, just right onto the floor. Lots of action in this. And it's really hard to do a good battle Royal. You know, we've talked about before that Luke Gallo says that, you know, it's just good brothers. Oh my God. And there goes, there he went. Hurricane Helms over the top, a beal over the top row by the natural born thrillers through a table. And I've always found it interesting that if you break a table with your butt, you immediately go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to be it. And that's exactly, you know, we had some, uh, we had some pretty good bumpers in, uh, and kids that could fly here in this match. We talk a lot about three count. I know and how shitty they were, but what did you think about the young dragons? 
Oh, listen, I didn't hate three count. I thought three count was fun for what it was. And I guess that's what I wanted to point out is even though we, we make fun of battle Royals a lot. And just as the gallo said, it's just guys exchanging forearms. You've got a lot of guys trying their best here to be entertaining. And I think sometimes WCW gets a bad rap there. Maybe the creative was shit, but man, you guys had a lot of talent. You know, you've got the natural born thrillers in there, chronics in there, uh, three count. I mean, we know those guys are going to go on to be single stars, you know, and even guys like Lash LaRue, he was capable of good matches. It's just saddled with one dumb gimmick after another, but then, you know, Ray Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero. I mean, there's a ton of wrestling talent in these matches here. It's just, uh, maybe not the best creative. Boy, look who uh, took the bump, man. Some, some great, my God, great bumps going on. I mean, it, it, it is silly that the tag team titles are being contested in a battle Royal, but they're, they're pulling out all the stops here that we're not short on action. No, we're not. You're exactly right for a battle Royal. This thing's got a lot going on now, if I'm right. Uh, the, uh, chronic is not part of the world tag team championship here. They just kind of did a little run in here in the ring. They weren't part of this. Uh, but here they are just completely destroying everybody and throwing people out. And now there you see it. Security is going to come in and say, listen, guys, you, you're not, you're not part of this. So get out. Oh, they maced them. They maced them. Doug Dillinger waddles in as best he can, puts that belly through the ropes and gets in there. And then they're going to take chronic out. So there you go. So chronic, uh, came in, basically got rid of everybody. And now security is getting rid of chronic. And so the match is going to continue, but I guess all the guys who've been eliminated cannot go back in the ring. Is Shane Helm still asleep on the table out there? He might be. No, I think he's, I think he finally woke up and he's out of there. Yeah. He, he's okay. He's he out of there. So now, now we got a couple of the filthy animals against, uh, Jin and O'Hare. Wow. Well, these kids could do some things. Couldn't they? You know, what's funny is I, I don't know why, but I always prefer to hair a great deal over Jin Why do you think that is? Is it his hair? I, th- I, yeah, I think a lot of it is his look and he, I think he was a much better talker than Jin Although both were not that, uh, prolific at being able to talk, but I think it was his look. It's weird though, that, you know, with, with nominal exposure to either guy, I'm just like, oh, I like that guy better. But I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people like, even when I look back at demolition as a kid, I like smash better than Axe. Really? And I can't tell you why, but as a kid, it made total sense to me. Like, what do you mean? You're an Axe fan. Oh, you gotta be a smash fan. Well, it kind of always was like that with tag teams. Everybody had their one favorite, I think. Look at, look at this well, maneuver here. This athleticism, the swanton at a near 300 pounds. Uh, I, I understand why Jindrak and O'Hare were getting a push here. I understand why they thought they needed. Here's what I don't understand. Disco oh Inferno is in the ring with a duck and he just <laughs> nails hooven to Guerrero. He's going to try to tip him out. Sean O'Hare mm-hmm. sees that need a little bit of help. And Hoovy's going to try to skin the cat and come right back in. Mm. And just like in real life today in 2018, Conan chasing Disco out of town. They're both gone. What in the world was Disco Inferno doing in this match with a duck? I think oh. it was the Disco Duck, which I think was a song back in your day. Yeah, it was. Rick D's. 
who was a great uh, disc jockey out of uh, Los Angeles, was originally from Greensboro, had that song, Disco Duck. And so they played it, and uh, they played it up. Wow. You know, and today, if you if you fast forward to today, some of the things that Jindrak and, and Sean O'Hare are doing right now, and there they just won the World Tag Team Championship, uh, really hold up today, doesn't it? Swanton Bomb, things like that. And I mean, those things are are kind of like staples in today's wrestling. And there they were doing it back in 2000, 18 years ago. By the way, the WWF, oh, what's going on now? Yikes. Uh, Coming up later on tonight, somebody is going to oil up their leg. Oh, it's Tori Wilson. Ooh. Are you okay? Yeah, it's, uh, it reminds me that we're going to have a bikini contest. Coming. <gasps> Here we go. The whack pack in oh. WCW. So oh. here's Pamela Paul shock sporting a beaver coat. That's <laughs> what Oakland would say. So of course, but yeah, yeah. But now we're going to go around and we're going to introduce the crowd to the members I- of Howard Stern's whack pack. And of course, Russo is a huge Howard Stern fan as am I, right. uh, but he is a monster in New York. So. First, here's Hank, the angry drunken dwarf. My God. Yep. He's no longer with us. May he uh-huh. rest in peace. Of yeah, course, no. crackhead Bob is here next. I know you, you probably up. think with a name like that, that uh-huh. he was in WCW's legal department. He was not <laughs> high pitch Eric with the bucket hat and then longtime wrestling fan. And he's been around wrestling for a long time. Fred, the elephant boy, Jesus. but maybe the show stealer, the greatest entertainer in the history of television. It's Beetle. Beetlejuice is with us in the house. Oh, God. oh how did this, uh, does, uh, the, uh, the drunken, angry dwarf is, is gone, mm-hmm. but all the rest of the guys still hanging around. No crackhead, Bob. He's out of here too. We've lost him. Okay. Which is a shame. Wow. Just a bunch of freaks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're being very hurtful. Yeah, I no, I, I, yes, that's what they are. He called them the whack pack and he gets away with it, man. Oh, there you go. Well, no, that's their name. The whack pack. Yeah, I know. How about Kevin Nash introducing himself to Beetlejuice? He knows who the star is. <laughs> and what's funny is beetle can't help himself. He's such a wrestling fan yeah. after Kevin Nash acknowledges him and shakes his hand. He's yeah, <laughs> Kevin Nash, he's big, sexy. I'm little sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking oh, of black my- Packers, here come the insane clown posse and they're both sporting JCW attire. Yeah. Promoting juggalo champion shit wrestling, mm. which is their yeah. promotion. Uh, yeah. See Mike awesome there with an awesome bomb from the ring to the floor puts Vampiro through a table and he's calling himself that seventies guy. Mm-hmm. I believe this is before he was the fat chick thriller. Yeah. You may have actually had that title at this time before he beat you clean in the middle at the Marriott down in St. Petersburg. Wow. You'd be, you know, you dredging up the past, man. You need K- to leave that stuff alone. K fave the HJ. So we've got violent J. In yeah. the middle of the ring, cutting a promo about all the phenomenal wrestlers 
that people don't know about that they should know about over at JCW guys like madman Pondo, the rude boy, uh, the death dealer, Tommy star. What's your favorite rude boy match or your favorite madman Pondo match? I know. I liked a death dealer against, uh, uh, Russo's star or whatever his name was. That was my favorite one. Okay. Okay. Uh, we let them get away with this. You did. I don't think anybody cared. I think it was supposed to be positioned as like counterculture. Like, Hey, it's cool because they're not supposed to say this. And if we're doing what we're not supposed to, I think that was like one Oh one Russo booking. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and, and so now I understand it. Counterculture say what you're not supposed to say. Uh, we're working the boys type deal. We're working everybody. Oh, look at this right out of the Partridge family. There is a giant multicolored bus driving into the arena. And the man behind the wheel is that seventies guy, Mike awesome. And he's going to jump out of the bus. Oh, and he's spraying. (laughs) He's got a fire extinguisher right into the face of the insane clown posse. But violent J returns the favor when he hits him with a traffic cone and an aluminum trash can. <laughs> you got to admit this was certainly a great visual. Wasn't it? No, this is, this no, is awful. Yeah. The, uh, listen, I I'm an insane clown posse fan. We've talked about that here on the show before. I love their great Malenko album from 1997. I love that they're musicians who just have a passion for wrestling and they're uh, obviously more mainstream than wrestling. Um, you know, and it gives a new audience and I appreciate that they they're really doing their best and trying to help. But Mike awesome was my favorite wrestler in 1999 and he's just running through motherfuckers in ECW. And I, I was just, I thought Mike awesome was an incredible talent and to have him out here legitimately wrestling to non wrestler clowns mm. with aluminum trash cans mm-hmm. and mops. Okay. I get all that. I understand it, but I'm talking about the visual of two clowns on the Partridge family bus beating up a guy from the seventies. That's a great visual. Will you stop it? <laughs> it Listen it's... to what you're saying. Now, how about this bump here? Yeah. I describe this for me. Whoa, that's a clown doing a moonsault off the front of the bus. But now we're going to go, we've seen this before. Uh, you and I've talked about this before. We're going to see a, a kind of a, uh, a big moment. Yeah. So right now, shaggy two dope, or as Eric Bischoff would call him shaggy two dog mm-hmm. is, um, about to receive an awesome bomb from Mike awesome on the top of the bus. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately they didn't think through this and he's going to slip off the top despite Mike awesome trying to catch him. And he lands on the side, seriously injured himself. I believe he's still, uh, feeling that today. I know that he had, uh, nagging injuries from that, but that's the pin. If as a rule of thumb, if Mike awesome gives you an awesome Bob on top of a bus and then you fall off the bus, that's a one, two, three all day. Yeah. Because you basically broke your neck there. Right. I mean, didn't that happen? Did you see the news this past week where, um, shaggy two dog as Eric Bischoff would like to call him, did a run in on Fred Durst and tried to give him a drop kick while he was on stage. I saw, I saw a photograph of that. Yes. So he, he missed totally. And then immediately the crowd went into the na 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 song, which had to make Vince McMahon happy somewhere. Oh, 
Wow. So they're still trying to do wrestling angles. Even during concert. Hello, Major Guns. Let's see what so she's up to. Let me fire up her Twitter. See what old Tylene uh, Buck's up dude. to. You can tell what she's up to. It's coming up, by the way. Uh, oh, my God. Here is Ernest Miller and Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. We got a thing going on. Okay. Heading to Thanksgiving at the Conradison. Here he is. Old brother-in-law himself. This is the best skit on the entire show. Right now, in a 1999 Cadillac Escalade, which was the new and the first time that Cadillac made an SUV, we see David Flair piling out of this white Escalade, stomping into a Chuck E. Cheese, carrying a golden crowbar. My God. Can you imagine trying to do this in 2018? You would, you would make a list somewhere. You wouldn't be allowed near schools. There'd be paperwork involved, mm. but in the Vince Russo era of WCW, this is wrestling. Yeah. He's cutting a promo on the lady behind the counter. And I guess we should remind everybody that he's out here looking for the father of Stacy Keebler's bra- uh, baby. Uh-huh. And he thinks maybe the father is hiding in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. This is real life folks. What the fuck was wrong with us? Let me tell you this. If I was to get Stacy Keebler pregnant while she was engaged to someone else, mm-hmm. if you're thinking what I'm thinking, it's let's go hide in the ball pit of Chuck E. Cheese. That'll be fine. Well, unless you're David Flair, you wouldn't expect him to be there. Uh, you know, they, you always say hide in plain sight, right? I, uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest. If I was Stacy Keebler's baby daddy, I'm not hiding. I might actually make it a tattoo. I'm You're go- telling everybody. I'm going Facebook live with it. I, I, I mean, just whatever. <laughs> uh, and I guess Stacey Keebler got the last laugh on everybody, didn't she? No, she really did. Now, yeah. speaking of the last laugh, here comes uh, Ernest the Cat Miller. Mm-hmm. And he realizes some violence is about to go down. So like a rapper, he's going to tuck his chain in. <laughs> looks right at the uh, camera. And wants everybody to get a good look at him because he's in a leather jumpsuit. <laughs> if this was pale blue, he would be a cable puller for Vince McMahon. But because it's leather, he's a badass. Just ask TV's best looking big man, Mark Madden, who Ernest Miller is cutting promos on just randomly. I mean, I want to mention Mark Madden didn't do anything. He's just sitting ringside and he's being called out I'm like, hey, fat ass, Mark Madden, blah, blah, blah. Well, again, it goes back to, uh, to what we just saw with the insane clown posse, right? Just something different, something out of the ordinary, something you don't expect fans tune into this. So we would think and say, well, there's gotta be some serious heat between Russo and Mark Madden. Uh, but, uh, oh, here he comes above average Mike Sanders. Mike Sanders, uh, one of the uh, two stooges for Vince Russo, the other being Jeremy Borash here. So Mike's coming out with a microphone. Mike did a pretty good job on the mic, I always thought, uh, during this era. What's Mike Sanders doing now? Do you know? I know he tried his hand at stand-up comedy for a little while. I don't think that went his way. Yeah, uh, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing right now. Hopefully somebody is uh, is keeping up with Mike Sanders. Let me see if I can find it here. All right. Because Mike was a pretty good guy. Okay. turns out that uh, his father runs a towing business. 
and he owns Roll Speed Media, a talent solutions company that represents actors in Atlanta. And he also owns the Party Paramedic, a DJ and entertainment company for weddings, parties, corporate events, and trade shows. Uh, so I feel like I should have known this ahead of time because if we could have had the party paramedic booked for my wedding, I feel like that would have been an above average time. So we expect some, uh, we expect some people uh, passing out at your wedding. Is that what you're saying? Well, you wouldn't know. Oh, I'm sure if you're here, your whore ass would have it on Patreon. My whore ass on Patreon. Well, I'm just saying you go get coffee with Bruce Pritchard. It's on Patreon. Yeah. You, uh, you want to dye your beard with Lois. It's on Patreon. So I'm sure when you get over here and Michael Hayes is drunkenly trying to sing, baby's got her blue jeans on and Ric Flair is taking a flare, you know, face bump into the pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine you'd be like, you gotta see this shit guys. I'm going live. Yeah. I want to go back and I want to take everybody back, uh, a few months ago, uh, back to the springtime phone rings, Conrad say, Hey, I got a good idea. What is it? It's Patreon. I think you can do it. I think you'll be great at it. Hmm. I want to go back, back to the springtime where I'd been doing the, all the work on this show for nearly a year and accepted $0 because we wanted to funnel all of the cash mm. to fund the real reason we're even doing this. And that's to pay for your daughter's wedding. Mm-hmm. And not only did I attend, I committed countless hours to the efforts to make sure it was pulled off flawlessly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take credit. Mm-hmm. And now when all you've got to do is show up mm-hmm. and eat and drink and fellowship with your supposed good friends, like mm-hmm. Conrad Thompson, Mm-hmm. Richard Fleer, mm-hmm. Michael Seitz. You don't do that. Nay, nay. We've got to go watch Kirby Smart mm. pretend to be an elite coach. Wow. You are, you are, you are hammering out the right and left combinations here today. Holy shit. Let me ask you, are you having a breakfast the next day at your house? I'll be in Mexico the next morning. So well, what? I'll be in Baton Rouge. Maybe I'll just drive down to Mexico and see you guys. I'm on the other side, but yes, please join us. I can't get you to go from Louisiana or actually from Marietta. Should I give your home address on the show again? <laughs> no, you can just drive right over, but no, okay. now we've got to, we've got to arrange passports for you to visit us. Actually, that would be money. If you swam up, <laughs> if you swam up and I'm on the beach, uh, doing some 12 ounce curls and you mm-hmm. swim up wearing that T and a S E X shirt. <laughs> I'm going to know what's up. Okay. Uh, maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to ask for bids for that T and a, you know, just being a whore here. Yeah, of course. As for, we'll sell that shirt and uh, put it, uh, it'll be my, my, I even got the kiss t-shirt that I wore underneath of that. Let me just mention that, uh, if you're going to miss for football, Georgia LSU is the right game to miss for. Mm. Good for you. Well, thank you for saying that. But had it been a home game, my good friend, my close personal friend, who I owe everything to right now, um, it I wouldn't be there. Can can we make a bet right now? Can we do something fun? <laughs> Since you're not okay. going to be here, mm-hmm. 
Can we at least make a Georgia LSU wager? No, I don't do that. No, not, not money. I'm not okay. saying that. I don't want to do that either. Okay. If LSU beats Georgia. Okay. I want Lois to shave your head on Patreon. No, I'm not going there. Well, if Georgia beats LSU, you know, you'll what? You'll (laughs) shave her head. That's right. (laughs) As long as she didn't put it on Facebook, she should be fine. Would you take a look at this uh, freak show that we have here? What are we doing? That's that's not an appropriate term. So there you see Hank, the angry drunken dwarf. Uh, patent, uh, Tori on the rear here, uh, as he's strutting into the ring to join mean Gene and Pamela's beaver coat, mm. uh, the rest of the whack pack are taking their spot on the stools in the corner. I don't think they thought through this all the way. They have a little person who's going to not only have to climb the stairs to get in the ring. And by the way, that is not mountain dew in his bottle. It is vodka. <laughs> um, he is an angry drunken dwarf and he not only has to climb the stairs, he's got to climb into the ring hammered. And then they have him on a giant bar stool. Now it's not giant by my or your standards, but when you're two foot tall, uh, this represents certain challenges. Yes, it does. God almighty. And by- I think we can, I think we kind of gave away the fact that look at him. He's still feeling up girls. What? Oh, he's drunk and he probably thinks he's at a strip club. And as long as he gives him $2, it's fine or something. He doesn't know what's going on right now. So the, and neither does the director because we're way behind on this segment because of Hank, the angry drunken George. So now Jay comes front and center, but doesn't take off her shirt to reveal her bikini. Instead, she gets over in the corner and does it. Mm-hmm. And now we've got uh, Chiquita out doing the same. She's going to open her robe, but not towards the camera. And now here's <laughs> the main event. As you and Bruce would say, all the way live, Mrs. Tori Wilson, this, I don't know what's going on, but right now this booking from Vince Russo makes total sense to me. I'm not making fun of this at all. This is a great idea. I co-sign everything. Vince Russo is a genius. It's, uh, it's it certainly, I would think, uh, uh, pull in some ratings and now Tigress, one of my favorite of all time. No, she's not. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah. How are you going to put over Tigress after we just saw Tori? Tori Wilson is un, unworldly. Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about personality here. Oh, okay. I didn't and, know, know they were having a personality contest. That's my bad. We did an angle, you know, we did a little angle on TV of me and Tigress. Do you remember that? No. Okay. There's an angle of Tigress coming over and hitting on me and me taking my headset off and talking to her mm. and there is uh charmel as well look at hank the angry drunken dwarf just staring down ogling everybody party he and i can't believe that i mean he has no idea what's going on here <laughs> last, most of us don't at this time last but certainly not least your favorite mm. kimono want to lay yeah okay holy snakes oh i'm sorry here she's not using that she's like I don't know what her name is, but it's not, that's her ECW name. Right. Wouldn't she just kimono here or something like that? She's like, I don't know. Okay. He gave her some horrible name, like meow or something. Yeah, that's right. Leia meow. That's exactly right. And now major guns going to come in. So, uh, Conrad let's you and I play judge in this 
wonderful wrestling angle we got going on right here. Uh, let's play judge. Uh, and who, who wins this thing? Well, the fans do Tylene Buck is here, but she's not going to show you nearly as much on this show as she would on Twitter. Uh, and ho my God, here comes hacksaw Jim Duggan sporting the Canadian gear, because of course he's turned his back on America. He's now part of team Canada, which Eric Bischoff really didn't like, but really what else were you going to do with Jim Duggan in 2000? And he's here being a heel, which is something we didn't see a lot on television in the United States. We're used to Jim Duggan being the all American hero, but he's here to sort of, uh, tell America to shut up and shut this down and Tylene Buck major guns front and center. You need to cover yourself and think about what you're doing here. Disgracing our country boy, Jim, if you think this is disappointing, you don't want to see her Twitter. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw her Vancouver, her Saskatchewan, saw her Montreal. Mm-hmm. I've seen her Manitoba. I bet you did. And I bet they are on full display there as well. Did you, have you seen her Kamloops? I don't think we're allowed to even say that. Okay. Uh, you know what? It, if, if you think about the history of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, this Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming out, uh, in a Canadian flag, it just, uh, it's kind of startling. It is. It is. And, and, and so that's my thing. Like. I know that Eric really didn't like this, but to me, it gives him something to do. Like you guys are going to make him a janitor and he's going to find title belts in the trash. Why not just, I mean, this at least gets people talking. And I think he was out here to protect one of Canada's finest treasures from making air here. Uh, the moose knuckle. I think most everybody is familiar that, uh, there's a lot of moose up in Canada and he didn't want that revealed for the whole world to see. So mean Gene is going to poll Hank, the angry drunken dwarf and Fred, the elephant boy and crackhead, Bob and high pitch Eric to see who they thought the winner was. But all of a sudden old Pamela Paul shock tells us that she's getting kind of warm. Right. So she's got to take off the beaver coat and, uh, man, I'm, I, I listen for my money right now. Chase the winner. Kevin Nash would agree. Mm. <laughs> yes, he would. And uh, Tori was absolutely gorgeous. And now, uh, Gene Okerlund's like, boy, Gene Okerlund's like, wow. Whoa. Wow. He's not even thinking about his kidney right now, but he's just thinking about what he's seen in front of him. So she's taking off her beaver coat to reveal uh, what looks like a bikini cover up on bottom and up top, a very revealing bikini top where, uh, the gimmicks, uh, well, her cup runneth over mm. and one by one, the whack pack selects that Pamela is the winner and she wasn't even in the contest and the girls what? are not having, they are all shocked and offended. And I think come on, is want to do going to want to do something about this. Wow. Those, those I going to be honest with you. Those, <laughs> those don't look real. The boots that Kimono's wearing. <laughs> yes. No, I don't think they're real leather. I think they're pleather. Uh, what she's tapping with her, uh, riding crop there. 
Do you own a riding crop? No. Oh, here comes Medasia. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get a deep crotch scoop slam on Kimono Wanalea. And Kimono, of course, not a trained wrestler, has no idea how to do it. Everybody's cooperating, which doesn't make any sense. Posting the knee. Boom. There's the big slam. Mm. So, uh, by the way, I should mention props to Medasia. She's got real heels on walking around a wrestling ring with real high heels. That can't be easy. And when you start like slamming folks might not be advisable. I mean, come on, it's probably weighing 98 pounds here, but still. Oakland took his coat off. I thought he took his coat off to jump in the fray, but no, he took it to give it to Pamela. (laughs) Okay. Uh, there is, uh, it's just absolutely a coincidence that we would show something like this around the same time that the WWE would come up with. It's all women's pay-per-view just a coincidence here. So I do, I, how about the cutaway here of, we've got eight near nude women brawling in the yeah. ring. So let's cut to Mike today. <laughs> well, it's kind of bringing us down to earth, isn't it? And uh, there's a fricus going on as dusty would say a fricus. And, uh, we go back to, the, oh my God, didn't we get enough of this son of a bitch earlier? I believe the phrase that, uh, Bischoff used is a little disco goes a long way. Yeah, boy, you're not kidding. I remember, I think I've said this before. I remember center stage disco's very first appearance and they played staying alive from, uh, from the BGs and he came out and he danced and people reacted and I went. Wow, this guy's got something. And now fast forward to here and I'm thinking, boy, this guy is, uh, we've had too much of him. He was obnoxious and he was obnoxious in real life. Disco is one of those guys that you, you know, you're always asked, how was he in real life? Wait, wait, people would ask about disco in real life. Well, they would ask about wrestlers. Uh, tell us about the wrestlers. How were they in real life? Disco the same. What you saw here is what was. Just absolutely obnoxious. And now here comes Scott Snyder, big Papa pump who just had his head thrown into a, one of those, uh, boxes on the outside. And here he comes down once again. Have we had any wrestling in the show yet? Yeah. We saw that tag team battle Royal. We oh, saw yeah, okay. big Vito and Johnny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how about that? Oh my gosh. Steiner is out here and he is not happy. I wonder if disco has been running his mouth about Shoney's. Mm, I probably has. He probably says the buffet at Sapphire is much better than any buffet you would have at an Ackworth Shoney's. Well, they don't have sneeze guards at Sapphire. Mm. Why are you laughing? That's the line of the day. (laughs) (laughs) You can pay a little extra and take the sneeze guard off. It feels better. (laughs) The sneeze guard. Sneeze guard shirts are coming soon to lowestrules.com. And here's Goldberg. He's back cutting a promo on Scott Steiner. And I want you to really process what's about to happen here. This is really incredible. I know we've had a lot of fun with these two guys on the show, but without question, as Tony Giovanni likes to say 19 times an episode, these are two of the biggest stars that you guys have. 
Goldberg. <laughs> there you go. And right now they're going to have an impromptu cage match, an unannounced unadvertised with, uh, and in storyline, Goldberg was gone. And last week, Vince Russo hit Scott Steiner full blast in the face. Well, Booker T did with a bat and that allowed Vince Russo to get the win, which set up his title shot tonight. And now not like announcing it at the top of the show and teasing it as the main event and building it for three hours or better yet promoting it for a fucking pay-per-view. No, it's an impromptu cage match between two of the biggest stars. And when I say impromptu, I mean, right now, like not three hours of build right now, drop the cage. We're doing it right now. There you see our buddy, Rick Maldonado, who was kind of in charge of the cage. Tell the guy, bring the cage down. Did I miss something here? Where did, when did Scott Steiner put the mask on? He didn't come to the ring with it on. He brought it with him and he knew he was going to have a mask. So by the time Goldberg challenged him, it was already on. Okay. All right. So he's got a mask on and he looks like a, a character out of uh, game of Thrones. Wow. Take a look at this shot. By the way, it was from a legitimate injury. Um, and obviously it was an accident, but he's got it on to protect himself. He's not going to miss a date. Of course, we know buff Bagwell would miss dates because of a hangnail. Uh, but that is not the case here with Scott Steiner. And by the way, you're really going to depress us here very soon. You've told me that you want to cover of all things, the thunder where buff Bagwell broke his neck. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it's one of those moments in WCW that we need to cover. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. We'll do it in two weeks. Well, it gives me something to look forward to then. Yeah. So you got two weeks to prepare for it. And of course, you know, you'll be, uh, well done with your honeymoon at that time. So you'll be in a good mood. I hope. Oh, wait, so wait, wait. Are you saying I'm in a bad mood now? No, I'm just saying, I'm hoping you're going to be in a good mood when the honeymoon's over. I'm, I'm always in a good mood. Mm-hmm. One of these days, the realization is going to hit you that I'm a member of the fucking Fleer family. That's going to hit you one day, and I hope I'm not around for it. I don't even think they call it that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to show you the RSVP sometime. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, I know you didn't send an RSVP, but you could see what one looks like. Okay. All right. It's completed. All right. Meanwhile, this impromptu cage match, uh, and, and I know, I know what you, you, you've even talked about it. You got two of the biggest stars and it's a match you didn't even promote. Well, it's one of those things where you got to tune in, right? You got to tune in. You can't miss a minute of it because you never know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the thought process that, that we had a lot of times for better or for worse, Conrad, but that's the way it was. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing to do at times. I, I think. You know, you got to say, okay, I got to tune in because I might miss something. Like today, you know, you tune in, you miss raw. You really haven't missed anything. Oh, really? Listen to you. Yeah. It's a, it's a different era now. I understand you can watch the top 10 on, uh, on YouTube or you can go back and I mean, because of the internet, you can keep up with everything. Uh, but back then you had to watch it because you never know what you were going to miss. Did Goldberg hurt himself right there? He's either really selling or really hurt himself. That'd be a shame if he was really hurt. Yeah. It, 
Well, well, I was wrong. He lured us into oh, double underhook suplex, took him over. I'm interested to see the fans react to all this stuff because I, you know, to be honest with you, with the exception of maybe the, the bikini contest, I'm not so sure the fans here at the Nassau Coliseum have reacted to much of anything. Well, I mean, you were saying earlier that the fans were behind Vince Russo's promo Mm -hmm. and here comes Medasia with a pipe. It's our 19th stick. This is the third segment with Medasia so far. She was not only out with Jarrett and Steiner earlier, but she came in. Oh, and look at this. What a sturdy cage that is. Medasia just opens the door. Just opens it. wasn't even locked. Well, of course, in, in uh, defense of WCW, we didn't know this match was going to take place. So the lock wasn't ready at that time. Help me understand, though. Okay. The logic be- behind a cage match. What is the yep. purpose that there is a cage match? Like, why would you build towards a cage? And look who's there. Jumbo Elliott, former friend of Scott Steiner from Michigan, now a local football player. They're getting a little yep. bit of confrontation. Chat me up. Is not is that not the very reason you have a cage match? Yeah, to keep people out. And to keep these guys in so there's no outside interference. Yeah. And I understand that the WWF's version of a cage match for years and years had a door and that was part of the psychology, but there was at least a referee there trying to control the door and run the door, but that's not the case here because Medasia just fucking walked in. She walked in. She could find the handle, but Jumbo couldn't. <laughs> he didn't know how to get through the door, even though Medeja just did. Now, now he's got it. I think he was just keeping Steiner in because he certainly opens uh, it for Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Goldberg is your winner in this impromptu, unadvertised cage match, which is normally a blow-off stipulation, a pay-per-view match, if you will. And uh, uh, he gets the win in jeans and a cutoff Goldberg jersey. Now, here's the highlight of the whole show. Jeff Jarrett carrying around a slap nuts guitar, walking backstage, cutting a promo on Beetlejuice. And he turns around. Oh, down goes beetle. (laughs) By the way, I have the closed captioning on Yeah, and he called him slap nuts. And then after he turns around and clobbers him with the guitar. Jarrett says that's Mr. Slap nuts to you, but the close captioning called it flap nuts, <laughs> F L a P flap nuts, flap nuts. <laughs> and that actually might be my new nickname for you. Flap nuts. I'm going to text Jarrett right now. I'm going to say good morning. Flap nuts. <laughs> not, not a B a P flap. Oh, nuts. flap. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'll do. I guess I would be flap nuts. You can be flap. That sounds like a dusty Rhodes promo instead yeah, of the flip flop and fly. It would be like the flap and flab flab and flap flap and flap. That's what uh, I'm going to do on my honeymoon. Oh the no. Flap and flab. Stop. What? Don't tell us what you're going to do on your honeymoon. No, I, like I've got, I've got a pool in the house. I'm renting. I'm going to do like a, like a, a flab flap. I do need to say, uh, being with you, uh, for one day for your, uh, for your bachelor party. Oh, okay. Fave the HJ. Now, now stop. I, you, you go first class. 
You do. What do you mean? Well, my God, I mean, you had, you had the, uh, Rick Flair would call us the biggest house on the biggest hill on the biggest side of town. You had a penthouse, the highest point in all of Las Vegas. <laughs> it was incredible. So, I mean, it's not like you go to and, you know, uh, get a room at the, uh, at the golden nugget. I mean, you went big time. By the way, Golden Nugget's a fine establishment. Well, I know that. How about Circus Circus? Okay, yeah, nobody's going. I don't need an STD. Okay. I'm pretty sure that rooms rooms are uh, nineteen dollars at Circus Circus, and they throw the hepatitis in for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get them on Hotels.com for fifteen dollars because I've checked it out. So you went to Hotels.com when you were booking a room. For the bachelor trip, he -hmm. saw Circus Circus, Mm -hmm. saw it was a $15 room and decided, nope, not taking the bait. No, I didn't. Because I'm old school. And again, I like the Tropicana. So that's the way it is. Yeah. I I didn't know that people still, I, I, if I'm honest, I didn't even know it was still in operation. You know what it is now? No. It's a double tree. You get cookies at the Tropicana. Let's run through what you just said out loud. Okay. There's there's so many high end properties, so many um opportunities to experience some sort of opulent nonsense that's not normal in Huntsville and Marietta. And yeah. you're over here pitching me on a double tree with cookies. Just the perks. You know, when you travel as much as I do, you just you enjoy the little perks. You really, really do. And and I did, and I do. Uh, by the way, I think I brought this up. We've got to go back. We've got to go back to Las Vegas. I'm in Las Vegas mood now. It really got me excited about the city. So we need to go back. Oh, I'm in. I'm going to have you out there. Mm-hmm. I got plans for you in Las Vegas. I bet you do. And uh, here is uh, uh, General Hugh G. Rection. yeah. And um, he's taking on. Mr. Slapnuts himself. So we've got huge erection and Slapnuts. You know, uh, Bill used to be able to do some stuff, man, for a guy his size. He could do a lot of things. I always thought he was more of an enhancement guy, but a very underrated, talented one at that. And here comes some real wrestling talent. Yes, sir. Elix Skipper. Wow. Elix. There's an Elix Skipper sighting. That's a blast from the past right there. Boy, you're not kidding. Elix was ahead of his time with some of the stuff he could do. Whoa, tough guy. Our second Jim Duggan appearance. That's what we needed. More Jim Duggan. He's got the two by four and he whacks the giant general Hugh G erection and boom. There's the stroke one, two, three, Jeff Jarrett going to pick up the victory with the help from team Canada. Lance storm brought the chair in. Elix Skipper swung the chair. And then ultimately it took a two by four shot from hacksaw, Jim Duggan and the chosen one picks up a win here. Pretty, uh, eventful episode for Jeff Jarrett. Not every day. Do you get to smack Beetlejuice with a guitar? What the fuck are we doing? I don't know, but I let me say this. Duggan did a great job of being a heel. Didn't he? I mean, in that short span, he was a heel. 
he was really a good heel. And now here comes uh, other members of uh, Misfits in Action, MIA, if you will. Uh, is that Lash LaRue? Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's Sting. What is happening right Sting. now? Sting. Are you okay? Yeah, I, I got in sting mode and I couldn't stop. I was stuck. It was like an old record that's skipping. <clears throat> uh, whoa. What he came in for, I have no idea. What do you mean? He's here to add some star power to this. I guess that would be it. And here's uh, no Lance Storm like cutting it. a promo. Mm-hmm. I should do miss Lance Storm. Yeah, man. Good performer. I loved when he said, can I get serious for a moment? Fans legitimately reacted to that wherever we were. So he was very, very good. So Elix Skipper, I guess he's Canadian too. I don't know. Prime time. Now, listen, he is as Canadian as Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's certainly on team Canada, but he's from right. the suburbs of Atlanta. We've talked about that here on the show. Before. Right. Yeah. And you know that, I mean, that gets, that obviously gets a lot of heat. If you're not from Canada and you want to defect to Canada, that would go a long way to piss people off. I would think. Can I just mention, I think I've said this before, but I just want to say it again. Huge fan of Elix Skipper. He's in Douglasville, Georgia. Uh, I think he's a manager at uh, Applebee's there. Uh, he is. Are you okay, Tony? Where is Matt Coon when you need him to sit around and do nothing? Are you all right? We're still rolling. Sting is working a match now with Lance Storm. Tony Schiavone went down hard. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> That's the second time I almost died on one of our podcasts. <laughs> What's going on, man? What's wrong? <laughs> My new carpet. <laughs> Did you fuck up your carpet? Yeah, I just spit coffee all over. <laughs> okay. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I want to mention that, uh, before Elix Skipper was on nitro here, uh, he was already in the food service industry. So it's not something that he got into after wrestling. Ugh. It's always been a passion of his, uh, since WCW went down, uh, he was at uh, Moe's Southwest grill as a manager there. And then before that. Uh, he was at a Chick-fil-A franchise, uh, a store manager there in Douglasville. Would you stop? No, I'm being serious. He had a huge run in, uh, managing <laughs> McDonald's in Douglasville, Georgia. But my favorite thing about Elix Skipper's LinkedIn is his education because, you know, you not only put your resume up there, but you also put your education and his background is hamburger university. Right. Do you know how fucking dumb that sounds? Do I know how what now? 
What's wrong with you? Why are you so tickled? <laughs> oh, I apologize. What's wrong, you know, Charlie? <laughs> you know how dumb that sounds? What, Hamburger University? No. It's <laughs> a thing. No, to have a huge run as the manager of Chick fil A. <laughs> By the way, I want everybody to be clear. That's Tony Schiavone laughing. I'm not disparaging this. I, I work a mortgage. I, I'm not I'm not a star. I, I'm. We're recording this early in the morning because I've got to go to my mortgage job. So there's nothing wrong with having a real job. And kudos to Alex Skipper for being the guy who's able to sort of walk away from wrestling and hang it up and not just be some washed up announcer still trying to hang on on fucking Patreon. So good for him. Yeah, I'm glad he had a great run as a manager of a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> hang on, Starbucks. You can't be a dickhead to everybody over there. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, my God. Where were we here? Well, there's a match going on right now that you should be talking about with Lance Storm and Sting. Sting with a big insecurity to the back of the head of Lance Storm. Let's see if Lance can recover. Oh, he blocks a kick, goes for the scoop slam, teases the Scorpion death drop, reversal, suplex, down goes Lance Storm. Man, these guys are working their ass off. One hot move after another. He finally nails it. There is the Scorpion death drop. One, two, three. That's going to get the job done. Sting is your winner. I wonder if picking this up. Are you okay? Yeah. While I recover. Good God. Okay. I'm back. I think (laughs) he had a great run. (laughs) Oh God. Oh, uh, is this, a, is, is he arrived at the Conradison yet? No, that's not the Conradison. So my brother-in-law here is uh, knocking on doors, trying to find the pappy of Stacy Keebler's baby. And as a reminder, we're fresh off of the wedding scene where we were supposed to see David and Stacy get married. Uh, but at the last minute it was revealed that she's pregnant and now he's stomping around strangers houses. He found these addresses in a phone book. He stopped by Chuck E. Cheese and now he's just roaming the dude's house with a crowbar in hand to try to find Stacy Keebler's baby daddy. Now the story was to be that Ric Flair was going to be the daddy, right? Or did we ever, did we ever come out with that story? And I believe the idea was even to show that Ric Flair was Stacy Keebler's dad. So okay. he, he was going to be her baby daddy and her daddy. Right. Yeah. But that never came out. Right. I don't think the part about him being her dad was revealed. Okay. So basically what we, the story was going to be that Ric Flair was going to bang his future daughter-in-law banged his future daughter-in-law. Yes. 
while she was engaged. Uh, or at least dating her son. Maybe, okay. maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the timeline for insertion. Right. Which in the scheme of things is really fucked up. Speaking of really fucked up, uh, here's Gene Oakland with Vince Russo getting ready for the cage match and getting ready to vie for the world heavyweight title. The rules I believe are, are, uh, if the first person that leaves the cage is going to become the world champion here. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, that that's the rule that we just saw with Goldberg and Steiner. The first person to escape is the winner. So we're getting ready to do the cage match. Vince Russo in a New York giants, uh, uniform and a helmet. We'll go into the ring and, uh, I think that's the end of, uh, what we're going to see about David flair in the show. Yeah. We've seen his last skit. So, so it's kind of a skit that had no end to it. Right. I mean, if you think about it, you do a skit that runs through the show. You got to have some resolution. Well, I think they're just, you know, getting it ready for the next week. Okay. Maybe so. I, I guess I shouldn't. Uh, and now we're going to light up the cage. Like it's a big deal. We've dropped it already. It's true. Yeah. So we light up the cage and now we're getting ready for the world title. <sighs> I, I'm back. I, I apologize for, <laughs> uh, but the line that had a great run is <laughs> just, uh, just kind of got to me. I had a great run at Starbucks. Uh, I, I used to be over and then what Bruce said at one time. A lot of people like to take shots at you for your big run at Starbucks. Chat mm-hmm. everybody up about why Starbucks was the right choice for you. Well, it was close. I had just lost my job at, uh, at WCW. I'm sorry. At, at WSB radio. I had no, uh, I had no healthcare plan here at the house and Starbucks had a healthcare plan. I started working at Starbucks, but I never got their healthcare plan because I never was able to work enough days. You had to work so many hours a week and I never could because of my uh, commitments, uh, elsewhere. But then I just started to enjoy it and started, uh, going in in the mornings and getting to talk to people and getting to know all the, uh, the girls that work there. And I really, really enjoyed it. So I stuck around and I liked the people because here's a little tip from Tony Schiavone about life. If it's Starbucks or if it's a great run at Chick-fil-A or at the Applebee's or whatever, if it's first family mortgage, if you enjoy working there, if you really enjoy working there, that's very important. People don't, people don't put enough, you know, there's so many people miserable at their jobs and I hate to see that, but if you enjoy working there, that's, you can't put a price on that. So that's from Tony Schiavone, your friend. Uh, meanwhile, here comes Booker T looking pretty, pretty sharp, isn't he? Yeah. Booker T man looked legit here with the big gold belt. The belt's been re-leathered here to black leather. We've got holes poked in the tip where they had crazy stipulations where it's been suspended in various right. gimmick matches. I think most people remember that belt the way dusty and flair had it. That was like a, uh, a brown, more cherry wood style strap. Here has been re-leathered by Andre Freitas of AFX Studios in Atlanta on black leather. 
and we see the commentary booth there. We've got Jeremy Borash joining. So we don't just have a three man booth. We've got four Scott Hudson, Mark Madden, Jeremy Borash, and of course yourself. Yeah. And, uh, Booker T trying to establish himself, I guess, as the baby face, because he makes a full lap around the ring. High five in the fans where Vince Russo has a helmet on because he has recently suffered a concussion. And he's got on a giant's Jersey underneath, of course, football shoulder pads. So clearly one guy's the chicken shit heel. And one guy is the baby face because he's tagging fans. But earlier the heel was kissing the ground. I, I, I it's hard for me to follow who's, I, who's I, the good guy. Who's the bad guy. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of the logic is all askew. Uh, one of the reasons he's making a circle around is that he knows that he has more time than he needs for this match. So he needs to slow things down. Right. Uh, so that's one of the things. Well, here we go. And did, uh, was, was that the filthy animals making their way out as well? And Kwee Wee coming yeah. out? I don't know what that was about. I guess you would have to go back and follow the storyline leading up to this to understand what's going on. MIA and that 70s guy, they're all on Team Booker. They're the baby faces and they're keeping the heel Vince Russo who cut a baby face promo, but he's wearing a helmet, shoulder pads and a bat. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, so for, he, he's, title match, right? he's the hometown guy and he's always dreamed of being the world champion and he loves this city and I'm wearing the hometown Jersey. So cheer for me, but I'm a chicken shit. Covered in pads, swinging a bat, and the bad guys are with me, and the good guys are against me. Keep up if you can. Wow. Ladder now. Yep. We've pipes. We've had baseball bats. We've had le- we've had, now got a ladder. We've had a stick ball bat. We have a kendo stick. We've had a uh, a freak show. We've oh god, we've had uh, bikinis. Wow. Well, it's easy to see. But it's also easy to see that, you know, Russo's always said this, and I agree with this. He wanted to make it a variety show, something for everybody. By and the I way, guess- Tony, when we're done here, um, once we, we click stop, yeah. I want you to do me a favor and I want you to promise me you'll do this. It'll take 13 seconds. Will you do it? Mm, yes. I want you to type into your Google machine, Elix Skipper, TNA cage. And the very first video that's going to pop up, you're going to see Elix Skipper walk across the top of a cage, the length of one entire panel and uh-huh. give a guy a hurricane Rana off the top of the cage. Good God. Yeah. Now, so here's a, a fun moment here. Uh, Vince Russo is trying to escape from the top and Mike Awesome's having nothing to do with it. So he climbs to the top and tries to stop him. And then. Sting drops down from the ceiling and Mike awesome realizes, Oh, I just stole his thunder. Let me climb back down. Wow. Yeah. Mike awesome must not have been around when they, uh, when they set up the match, apparently that's why choreography is so important in our sport. Just to catch everybody up, Lash LaRue, the wall, Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. Mike awesome. All of these guys are now around the ring and sting has rappelled down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, thankfully, Booker T has removed the helmet from Vince Russo and Booker punches him right in the mush. You know, what? I do feel like a lot of times people just assume that all the boys hated Vince Russo. That's not the case. You see, no. I mean, especially Booker T, a lot of people and Booker T himself gives a lot of credit to Vince Russo for making him the world champion and believing in him and this push he's getting right now in the top spot in the main events with the big gold belt. That's Vince Russo's creative. So one of the first guys to really take a chance on Booker is Vince Russo. So as much as fun as, as we have sort of making fun of the things that aren't that great, Booker T may not have been in this top spot had somebody like Vince Russo not saw something in him and taken a chance on him. Well, look, if people did not like Vince Russo, if it's only because they didn't like his decision making or they didn't like his creative ideas. Because Vince Russo was a pretty cool guy in the backstage area. At least he was to me. And all the dealings that he had with guys who were, you know, working with him, writing with him, he was a good guy. He really was. So if you didn't like him, it's because maybe your ego got in the way of it. Right. And, and you know, there's, there's, I know there are people out there who say this. I know you've heard this. People out there who say that Russo was a plant to destroy WCW by the WWE. That's silly. That avenue. That's silly. Yeah, that's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. And who's this? It's Luger. What the fuck is he doing? He just slipped Rousseau a bat. Oh, uh, no, it's a pipe. A pipe. It's our oh, 19th right. pipe. Yeah. Another pipe. You know, I always thought that maybe, and you never could do this. I don't know if, if uh, Vince McMahon does this today. Because you're on this jet, I think I've brought this up before. You're on this jet airplane that is that is uh, professional wrestling and doing so many TV shows, and you just go one after another after another. You you don't have you never have a chance time to step back and let's watch this and see what it was all about and see if it was worth it. Uh, I don't think we did a lot of that back then, and probably we maybe we should have. But also, I know all of us would, you know, after it was over, say, oh, man, that was great. And maybe it really wasn't. So Russo's running around, destroying everyone with the pipe. Here comes some backup referees because Russo even took out the ref. Right. Paramedics and EMTs are in there checking on all the downed opponents and the carnage. Right. And oh, my gosh, one of the EMTs is pop pop. Holy Rick. Moses. It is Ric Flair who's dressed up as, oh, and he takes a right hand right to the face of Vince Russo. Ric Flair gets involved. Of course, at the world title and the big gold belt is around. Flair's going to be around somewhere. And now Ric Flair sends him in. Anything Ric Flair at a, in a ladder. Boy, they don't mix. And why not a ball shot? Why not? We got pipes. We got everything else. Why not a ball shot? Figure four <laughs> puts him into figure four for a minute. Gives a high five to Booker. Booker, it's all yours. Go get him, buddy. Here we go. Booker T's gonna become the world. Whoa! And what here the come the heels. All the natural born thrillers are coming out. Palumbo, O'Hare, Stasiak, Jindrak, Reno, and we've got a Pier Six brawl on the outside. Now the filthy animals, including Conan, are there. The Jung Dragons, Kiwi. Good God. You're talking about chaos. 
They did he just hit a girl? My God. I I guess near the finish of the match. Now my question is, where's Ric Flair? He went back to his job as a paramedic. Apparently so. He had a tremendous run there as a paramedic. He <laughs> sure did. Oh God. I, I don't know where he is. I mean, he's like disappeared in all this stuff. I guess maybe he is with uh, a paramedic again. I'm not sure, but Booker wanted to try the Harlem sidekick here. Here he goes. Had to pick him up first and then put him back down. So now Booker T has decided that's it. I'm leaving. And he's going to leave Vince Russo laying lifeless face down on the canvas. Booker T cuts a bit of a promo. Don't hate the player, hate the game. And he's right by the cage door. The camera's right there to catch it all. And he stops dead in his tracks because he sees, and he even says, what the fuck? And the camera picks it up. Bill Goldberg is coming down the ramp. This is our third Goldberg appearance so far. Once in the crowd, once in an impromptu cage match. And now Goldberg is back in the cage. And he's here to extract some revenge or exact some revenge. Someone's going to correct me from uh, Mr. They're... Vince Russo. Oh, and there's Steiner. He's back out, slams the cage door on Booker T not letting Booker T just walk out, which he could do right now. And he would be world champion. And there's Goldberg. He spears oh. Vince Russo through the cage. Russo hits his head on the rail. He was already concussed. That certainly didn't help things. And, and Goldberg's proud of himself and high fives Booker T and we're going off the air, but technically the person who touched the outside floor of the cage first Vince Russo. So even though there was no big celebration, Vince Russo is your world champion. Tony, what say you? Well, I, I say it's kind of a shitty ending to a crazy night. Uh, I was asked, uh, by Matt Coon cause he does that a podcast with Vince, if I knew there was confusion at the end of it. And of course I did. I knew what was going on. So, uh, a lot of fans take a look at that and go, uh, what the fuck? And we just taking a look at it and we're going, what the fuck? But that's, that was WCW and less than a year later, we'd be out of business. I think I, I, I really think that Turner time Warner, AOL, Jamie Kelnor, they all knew at that time we were done. I think it was in the plans to, for us to go belly up. So, uh, I, I like, I loved Vince's Vince was really a Vince. Uh, Russo was really, I don't want to get him mixed up. Uh, Russo was really big on storylines and he had some very, very intriguing storylines. Like who's the father of Stacy's baby. Uh, let's destroy Russo flair getting involved. But it was fucking silly. It really was. As a fan, what did you say? Were you watching us back then? No, I tapped out here. I mean, I saw it years later. Uh, I heard that Vince Russo was world champ, but I had missed the thing. Uh, right. And then, you know, when I finally read about it, I understand, you know, he was trying to, you know, he gets painted unnecessarily with the swerve bro moniker, but right. you know, Bischoff sort of hung his hat on unpredictability as well. The idea that you didn't know what was going to happen. And even sometimes 
you know, WCW found themselves leaning on it, but not to the extent that it was more than what the WWF did. You know, we're going to talk about on something to wrestle Rikishi being the guy who was driving the car that hit stone cold, Steve Austin at the 99 survivor series. That's not revealed until a year later. And I'm sure that the rationale will be, well, nobody would expect it to be Rikishi. Well, there's a reason nobody would expect it to be Rikishi because that shit sucked. (laughs) And I think a lot of times if you're doing a surprise for the sake of a surprise, just because it is a surprise, it's a fucking miss. Sometimes it would be better if it was predictable, but it was good. And I think here, this wasn't predictable. But that doesn't mean it was good. Like not all surprises are good. And you know that, I mean, you have four children. One of those surprises was not good. Right. Well, you're being awfully kind to say one was not good, Yeah. Uh, but that's the way it is. And, uh, it's all part of WCW's history. And I know there's a book out there right now that uh, talks about the history of WCW and of Monday Nitro and. Again, unless you were backstage and were involved in this shit, you have no idea what really went down, but there you go. There it was. And, uh, it was worth viewing because, you know, we're taking a look at some of the historic moments of WCW good or bad. And unfortunately a lot of them are bad. Can we agree that the star of the entire show was Beetlejuice? I don't think there's any question. Have you (laughs) heard, have you heard his hit song beetle in the house? Yes. Should we? No. Okay. <laughs> I think we should play it off. I mean, I, cause when I look down and I see what time it is, I do feel like it's about that time. It is about that time. It's going to be Beetlejuice going up against Elix Skipper with Scott Steiner, the special referee. The winner will go on to be the general manager of O'Charlie's. And as we know, old Charlie's has those great roles. So here they go. One-on-one, the winner, the general man. Oh my God. It is Sting on top of a Partridge family bus with a bunch of clowns. And here comes Vince Russo with five or six lead pipes. And my God, he has to wake his way through about 10 girls in bikinis. And here comes David Flair through the balls. And he is, oh my God, it's, we're out of time. This chaos is just absolutely bullshit. See you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network and on Patron. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, Slapdicks? Matt Schiavone here to tell you all about the exciting things happening over at Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Dad's giving you a front row seat to the dysfunctional but yet somehow functional marriage with Lois, including behind the scenes video. Who knows? Maybe his rat dog Pip will take a shit. Dad will post it for you to see it. Then you'll say to yourself, why the fuck am I watching this? Because it's entertaining as hell. That's why. Fucking slap dicks. And by LoisRules.com. Mom's site is one of the hottest sites on ProWrestlingTees.com where you get all of the hot t-shirts from What Happening When. If you're a fan of the show, get yourself a t-shirt, support the show, support my parents so I don't have to. My personal favorite, obviously, it's Lois Rules because she does. And she paid me extra to say that. Thanks, Mom. LoisRules.com. 
Also, show your support of What Happening When, Something to Wrestle With in 83 Weeks, and head over to BoxofGimmicks.com. They got awesome glassware, tumblers, coffee mugs, beach towels, koozies, and the pullovers are actually pretty legit. Snagged one while I was at StarCast, and I have yet to regret it. Don't forget, Slapdick Theater with your host, Kellner's Adumas, returns to Patreon this fall. That should be fun. Join Conrad and Tony as they bring their podcast live to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, Sunday, November 11th at 3 p.m. Get your tickets now for the show over at TomZinc.com. You don't want to miss Tony and Conrad live from the heart of Crockett Country. You can also check them out in Nashville at Zany's Comedy Club, Sunday, December 16th. This isn't a red or work. It's happening. Go to lowkeybighog.com to get your tickets now. Tony Schiavone takes Nashville by storm. Okay, I'm done selling out for dad. You need anything else? Call my agent or talk to my dog. See ya.